Welcome to Unity of Tucson. because I think I've been there too and I'm a seeker just like you. You ain't got a thing to fear. You ain't got a thing to fear. There's nothing to fear when we understand and we open ourselves up to, under, to, to, the, to the deepest acceptance that love is growing right where each and every one of us is. I, that's what I have found in my life, that the more I give over to this presence and power of love, I become unwound, I become unbound. So you ain't got nothing to fear. Welcome to week four in this series I've been doing, this five weeks of, of looking at the five basic principles of unity. So we started off a few weeks ago with the first principle, which in two short words is God is. The second principle, we are or I am. So God is, I am. The third principle talks about how God creates. It's the law of mind action. And God is consistently unfolding itself in terms of creation. The law of mind action is always, always at play in everything. We are showing up based on the law of mind action. We are here because of that. And so the fourth principle essentially, is if this is all the way it's unfolding, if God is, I am, and life is unfolding as creation, well, there must be some way to use it. There must be some way to use it. So the fourth principle is how to use it. How do we use this law of mind action affirmatively and constructively in our life? And so that's why I call today uh, today's message is called Tools of the Trade. And I'm really only going to talk about one tool, although there are many, because any activity in spiritual practice is a tool that is rooted in those preceding principles. God is, I am, the law of mind action, and a, and a, and, and a spiritual practice is putting those things into action in our lives, purposefully. And so Unity Worldwide Headquarters offers this to describe the fourth principle. Prayer and meditation keep us aligned with the one great power in the universe. That's what we're putting out there is the fourth principle. Prayer and meditation keep us aligned with the one great power in the universe. So what do you think I'm probably going to first uh, talk about? That is the word with. If God is and we are, then we are more than with this one great power of the universe. We are this one great power of the universe at the level of our acceptance and understanding of it. And when I, when, you know, when I, because people, I don't ever want anyone to get confused when I step up here and I say that we must be able to exclaim for ourselves, I am God. It is not to say that I am the wholeness of God. I've never once said that. What I'm saying is that all the attributes of God is exactly who and what I am, and it is exactly who and what every aspect of creation, every being on this planet are the aspects of God showing up in form. There is no thing that is not God. And here's how I know this. Because we teach a principle that says God is all there is, infinite, omnipresent, 
It is omnipresence. It is omniscience. It is all. There can be nothing separate from it. Otherwise, it would not be infinite. You see how that works? So that's how I've logically come to this conclusion that we can each step forth and claim our power to know that we are that which is. And that is essentially how we should be approaching the practice of prayer. Charles Fillmore wrote about prayer. He wrote, prayer is the most highly accelerated mind action known. It is the language of spirituality. So remember that mind action that he mentions there, mind action is the third principle. Prayer is accelerating that mind action with purpose, with, with drive behind it, intentional mind action. It is the language of spirituality. I love that. Prayer is the language of spirituality. I think it's one of the many languages of spirituality. I'm not going to hold that it is the only language of spirituality. But it is a magnificent language of spirituality. There's another way that uh, various churches and spiritual centers within unity have offered up the fourth principle. Many of them say this, through prayer and meditation, we align our heart mind with God. Denials and affirmations are the tools we use. So that's you know what often shows up on posters all around, right? Through prayer and meditation, we align our heart mind with God. Denials and affirmations are the tools we use. So once again, I will say, we don't, align, we don't align our heart mind with God. In this, we are activating our recognition and identification as God. And when we do this through prayer and meditation, we actively create the constructs of our life. We do use, we do teach denials and affirmations within this construct. Those are powerful tools that we use, ultimately for me, within the construct of prayer. So I'm gonna ask a question. I'm going to ask two questions. Actually, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I always ask questions. I'm going to start with this question. Do you pray? Now, now clearly, there's no way for me to receive any feedback in a virtual paradigm. But I just want you to check in with yourself. Do you pray? Do you have an active prayer practice? And if you do pray, now here's the next question. Why do you pray? What is the purpose of prayer? What is it that moves through you that says, I am going to take this time to be specific in my use of mind? What is moving through you? Why do you pray? Now, we teach prayer in very specific ways within the entire New Thought movement. Ultimately, prayer is not ever, and, now, and people will say, but that's not what I taught when I was in class. Well, I'm about to disabuse you of any notion that, uh, that, that may have been presented to you. Prayer is not for something to change out there. But I prayed that I could, I, I, I learned that I could pray for healing. I learned that I could pray to change the circumstances of my life. And isn't the whole point and purpose of new thought to say, change your thinking, change your life. Yes, and. It's all wrapped up in that first part of the phrase. Change your thinking. 
and your life automatically changes. So far too frequently, we are looking to go to change our life to convince ourselves that we have changed our thinking, and that will never work. We must change our thinking first and foremost. The, 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 the purpose of prayer is to initiate a change within our own mind, within our own belief system, and everything else will flow forth from that new state of mind. So there's an active way that we pray. We teach prayer as an affirmative, active thing that we do, that we engage in. And it differs from what many people traditionally think of as prayer, which is supplication to that thing out there and begging for something to be given to us, right? So that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is prayer, and ultimately a phrase which you will have heard, prayer treatment. Now, treatment is a word that a lot of people really say, oh, well, that's on the religious science part of the New Thought movement, which is, of course, where I come from. But it's not only religious science. Affirmative prayer treatment was actually used throughout the New Thought movement. It is used within unity. It is used within divine science. It is used within uh, religious science. And here's why. It's rooted in the words and the phrase of the teacher of teachers. Do you know who the teacher of teachers is? I'm looking out at the few people who are in the room, they're probably going, I have no idea what you're talking about. The teacher of teachers, if you go back in the history of the New Thought movement, there is one woman that we can basically tie everything back to, and that is Emma Curtis Hopkins. She was one of the greatest healers to ever walk the face of this earth. She is a magnificent mystic, and if you've ever had the opportunity to learn or read any of her stuff, it is exquisite. So we call her the teacher of teachers because Emma Curtis Hopkins' students included Emily Cady, you know, lessons in truth. She taught Emily Cady. She taught Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. She taught Nona Brooks, who was the founder of Divine Science. She taught Ernest Holmes. So all the New Thought movement can actually be rooted right back to the teachings of Emma Curtis Hopkins. Now, you may say, well, what about Christian science? I heard at some point that Emma Curtis Hopkins was related to Christian science, and the answer is yes. Emma Curtis Hopkins was part of the Christian science movement, and through, you can read the history of this, there was a point where there was a split, and she went off and did her thing, and um, Christian science went off and developed in its own path. That's a whole, like, classroom study. If you ever want to hear why Christian science is not considered to be among the New Thought movement, I can talk to you about that. Maybe we'll have a class on the history of New Thought. So Emma Curtis Hopkins is kind of the core of understanding this word treatment, because for her, it was around treating the mind to have an effect on the physical body. Charles Fillmore expresses treatment like this. Treatment is a prayer of faith. These are his words. Treatment is a prayer of faith and understanding for healing, harmony, wisdom, prosperity, or any other good that one may desire. And here's the catch in this. Here's the most important part of this. Its object is to raise consciousness. The point and purpose of treatment is to raise consciousness. Those are Charles Fillmore's words. Ernest Holmes wrote this, treatment is the time, process, and method necessary to the changing of thought. So the whole point of pur and purpose of treatment, of prayer treatment, whatever you choose to call it, is not to change the stuff out there, although that becomes the byproduct of changing our thought. Why? Because thoughts are things.
Thoughts are creative. Prayer treatment has one purpose and one purpose only. <laughs> it's so funny because I know there are people who have taken class with me and I almost want to say, class, what is that one purpose? <laughs> to change our minds. That's it. The purpose of prayer is to change our minds. It is not a magical incantation. It is a statement of principle. It is the way in which we ask and trust that it shall be given. It is the way we seek and know that we shall find. It is the way we knock and know that the door will open. And in fact, for me, that, I believe, is the closest Jesus ever came to stating the scientific method of prayer treatment. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door will open. That's all the use of mind. Prayer treatment is a method to activate mind action purposefully. So, what is your personal prayer practice? You know, this is one of the, this is really, this and meditation and prayer are the primary tools we teach in spiritual practice within this movement. So what is your personal prayer practice? How do you activate the tools of this spiritual trade? How do you put, put it into use in, in your life? Now, there are learnable methods of prayer, and we teach specific constructs for how prayer can be activated in your life. There are, there's a five-step prayer process in unity. The five steps of prayer in unity are these, relaxation, concentration, meditation, realization, appreciation. Relaxation, concentration, meditation, realization, appreciation. Each of these steps, each of these steps is designed for you to go into your room and shut the door and pray to the Father who is in secret. That was also something that Jesus encouraged us to do. Go into your room, shut the door, and pray to the Father who is in secret. This is not literal. He was not saying... Get out of the street, go into your house, find a closed room, go in, close the door, and pray. That's not what he was talking about. He's saying here, go into the room of belief, to go into our own mind and our own heart, to settle in to that space of understanding. That's the relaxation, concentration, meditation part of this thing called prayer. Going into our room is allowing ourselves to let go of the concerns of the outside world consciously. Now that may mean that it is better to go into a room and close the door. That's a form. That is a form of practice. But it is not a requirement to the practice of prayer. To go into our room is to let go of the belief that any form has supremacy over the experience of our lives. The Father is not God out there. The Father 
is the inner resource. The Father is that magnificent creative principle. Our Father in heaven, the infinite creative principle, which is within heaven, is a state of mind. When we pray, we are recognizing more deeply that this is our identity. So those first three steps are to engage this as a mental state. Relax, concentrate, meditate, find that active magnificence at the core of our being. They all serve to prepare us to make our claim. Relax. Turn the attention to the inner life. Concentrate. God is all there is. And meditate. I am that which is. I turn my attention to the inner life. I recognize that God is all there is. And I meditate on the understanding that I am that which is. Open your mind. Unfold your heart. And from this, from this state of mind, from this state of being, we step into that fourth step, realization. Realization is an affirmation of the qualities of the life experience we would like to, we would like to have. An affirmation of the qualities of the experience less the experience itself. For when we accept the qualities of that life experience we would like to have and live in faith, you know what shows up? A life experience that is in alignment with the qualities we require. So what are you praying for? Are you praying for something to change out there because you think it's going to change that which is within? Or are you changing that which is within with the understanding that when we change that which is within, that changes. And so, after, after establishing that realization, realizing that the qualities are inherent within each and every one of us, we can activate appreciation, gratitude. I always say that gratitude is the fuel in the engine of creation because absent gratitude, the engine is not going to flow very well. The engine is not going to run very well. And so stepping into an active acceptance of gratitude as a feeling within each and every one of us. Now, many people will say, you can say thank you, but to whom are you offering that thanks if you are praying within? Gratitude is an inner embodiment. It is a feeling. And when we accept gratitude as the core of our beingness, then we are activating all of this realization rooted in this understanding of our true beingness. So how will you activate this tool in your life? That's what I really want us to get to today. I am going to call on each and every one of us to activate this tool in a more profound way than perhaps ever before. And <clears throat> one of the ways is to speak your prayer, speak your prayer out loud. This is one of the things I speak prayers out loud. Now, we, you know, part of it may be that we think we go into the silence and right speak your prayer out loud. 
In the silence of your mind, speak your prayer out loud with conviction and infused with feeling. If you are not feeling it, keep working at it because prayer is not answered until you experience the change. This is the work of spiritual mastery. This is the work of spiritual mastery. As you create new neural pathways through this consistent use of prayer in your life, you create a new tendency in thought. And that tendency becomes the unconscious expression of your life because ultimately what I am looking for each and every one of us to get to is to get to this point, to understand that every word we speak is backed by an idea in mind and that becomes the construct of our life. So we no longer need to to pray actively because prayer is the embodiment of the way we show up in the world. And so everything is rooted and flowing forth from that point of view. Ultimately, we can live the results of our prayer practice as long as we do the work. And you'll know, you'll know when the work is done because you'll feel it. And if you don't feel that, feel it, Keep doing it. Keep working at it. Keep at it. Keep doing the work. Keep doing the work. Do the work. Live the results. Let your tendency become the unconscious expression of your life and activate prayer in your life today more so than ever. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.